0: Hello, and welcome back to this podcast series. Recently, we've been focusing on how we look at the evidence around medicines. But this time, we're going to try to have a bit of a change and look at some of the lesser-seen bits of pharmacy, which is a bit different for us. So to try to keep us in our comfort zone, we're going to try this first one by looking at some of the people who use the evidence base around medicines, your local friendly drug and therapeutics group. So we're going to try to answer the question, what's the point of a drug and therapeutics group? And to do this, we're probably first going to have to talk about what a drug and therapeutics group, or DTG, actually is. Well, at its simplest, in the UK, most NHS trusts or areas will have a group that is responsible for making sure that the medicines used in that area are evidence-based choices and are being appropriately used. The groups go by different names. Though we're saying DTG, it could be a formulary group or prescribing committee or something else. But they all carry a similar organisational function. And because of this, they are all usually made up of similar individuals, doctors, pharmacists, nurses, patient representatives, etc. They will all usually request that, before a new medicine is used within an organisation, or an old medicine is used in a new way, an application is made by the requesting clinician, which is then considered and accepted or rejected by the group on behalf of the organisation. So that's the what. But the question that we're asking is the why. What's the point of all this? If a clinician wants to use a shiny new drug that they think will benefit their patients, or has found yet another new use for rituximab, because there's always another new use for rituximab, what value is taking stuff to be discussed by a DTG actually adding? So the most common answer given is governance. A DTG gives assurance to the organisation that there has been scrutiny and oversight of the use of medicines, and helps protect against renegade practice. No one wants to discover after the event that someone has been giving ecolizumab at a quarter of a million pounds a year per patient on a hunch that it works for migraines. It doesn't work for migraines. But governance is, to be honest, a bit of a rubbish answer. It's both true and important, but it has the unfortunate effect of making most normal people switch off and start thinking it's all form-filling and box-ticking, which makes it difficult to sell to individual clinicians. Organisations love a bit of governance, but it would be a rare clinician who thought that they personally needed a bit more of it looming over them. Maybe for others, yeah, but not themselves. The person the organisation sees as a renegade wanting to give out ecolizumab like its water will see themselves as a bold innovator being held back from excellence by an overwhelming bureaucracy developed in the name of governance. Quoting governance at them therefore won't get you anywhere. So let's rephrase the question... What's the point of DTG from the point of these innovators? Where's the benefit for them? Where's the benefit for patients? Well there's probably two angles that we could do with looking at decision-making and implementation. So taking the first one first, how does a DTG help with making better decisions? One of the criticisms of a DTG might be that they look like they say yes to everything. Fill in the forms and tick the right boxes and you're done. But that's to slightly miss the point. With a DTG that's working well, its impact isn't just in a one-off decision-making event where they say yes or no to a request. Just by asking for an application to be written, a DTG is helping to support robust decision-making. Which group of patients is this for? How do you know? How long will you treat them for? How will you know it's been successful? By asking these types of questions in the application form, a DTG helps requesting clinicians to refine their thoughts and nail down exactly how they'd like to use this shiny new drug and why. And then after this process, the application then comes to a meeting for discussion and a decision. This is a great forum for the requester to get more input. It's rare to have access to a group with such a wide range of backgrounds and experiences and get their full attention on what you want to do. As we've said before, a DTG is made up of doctors, pharmacists, nurses, patient representatives and more. They may not be experts in your particular area of practice, But most are practicing clinicians and they bring their own expertise in interpreting and applying the evidence base and can help look at what you're wanting to do from different angles, particularly on the bigger picture things. Does the evidence say what you think it says? How can you introduce your new treatment fairly so that all potential patients are treated equally? How does this new treatment impact on other sectors of the healthcare universe? What funding do you need and is this in place? The important thing to note about all this is that this only works if the consideration of applications by a DTG is seen as collaborative rather than adversarial. If a DTG is just perceived as another hoop to jump through and a barrier to get round, then the benefits of getting wider input to help refine and improve your plans won't be seen and it will just be a form-filling box ticking exercise. But if it can be seen as a collaborative process, where lots of people are interested in your idea and want to help to make it even better, then these benefits are more likely to be realised. And this leads on to the other aspect we mentioned where DTG can help. Implementation. So if a DTG application is seen as a collaborative process, rather than an adversarial battle, Then as well as helping to improve decision making, the process and the people involved can also help to make your plans a reality. As we've said, a DTG will have people with a lot of different backgrounds, so they can all bring their knowledge to this implementation problem too. Wanting to use an unlicensed medicine but haven't got information on its quality? Someone in DTG will know who to talk to in QC. Need to write a guideline so that prescribing will continue seamlessly in primary care? There'll be someone who knows how to get this through the guidelines group need a patient information leaflet to explain things. There'll be someone on DTG who's written one before, and a patient representative who can help with language in getting people to give comments. So the summary is that if DTG is seen as a collaborative process, you get free access to people with a wide range of backgrounds, knowledge and experience who can both help to make really good decisions about the use of medicines, and they can support you in getting your product into practice in what is, to be perfectly honest, a really complicated NHS system. Also, A DTG can be seen as a one-off committee meeting working in an ivory tower and making decisions from on high. A paper is brought to them and they say yes or no. But it's more than that. There is a committee meeting but the DTG process wraps around this meeting both before and after, helping to refine ideas and to see things from different angles and also to help make things practical and support you to make the plan you have on a page into a reality. And the important bit is that to get the most benefit an application to a DTG needs to be seen as this collaborative process. If it's approached as a committee to defeat or get round so that you can do what you want, as well as making a much less fun process, it makes it a less successful process too. And to get on my soapbox for a little, it's incumbent on both sides to make this happen. A DTG works so much better when the clinicians requesting new products are engaged in the process and contribute their obvious expertise and enthusiasm to the application and the discussions at the d meetings. So DTGs need to look at ways to engage applicants, and applicants need to come along willing to be engaged. By doing this, a DTG can help to support evidence-based decision-making about medicines, which is what they want. Patients and clinicians get access to new medicines efficiently and robustly, which is what they want. And the organisation gets their governance too, almost by accident, and without anyone losing their will to live in the process. And with that, I'll get off my soapbox and close this podcast. I hope it's been useful, and we've managed to sell DTGs as cool, interesting and useful groups. We may do more of these What's the Point of Different Bits of Pharmacy podcasts in the future, so if there's any areas you think would be good to cover, let me know. Thank you, and see you next time.